Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Did you ever hear the old bear joke? I did not. You ever hear this one, Matt? Two guys are up fishing in the illusions. Going after halibut. All of a sudden, a bear shows up. Kodiak. <laughs> so, so one guy goes, oh my goodness, it's a bear. Don't move. Well, the other guy starts putting on his socks and his shoes. He says, what are you doing? So I'm putting on my socks and my shoes. He says, you can't outrun a Kodiak bear. He says, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. All right, time now for our play-by-play call of the day. The Penguins on a roll. That means we get the privilege of hearing Mike Lang. Penguins have it. Malkin with it. Coming to center. Looks left side. Got an open man. Broussard's going to finish. Derek Broussard will get the empty netter. Set up by Evgeny Malkin. And the Penguins have made it 5-2. And ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. Indeed he has. Mike Lang with a call last night on the Penguins Radio Network. Our thanks to Tom Leach, who joined us in the opening half hour, the play-by-play voice of Kentucky football. Our thanks to Eli Gold, the play-by-play voice of Alabama football, who joined us in the previous half hour. Now I get to talk to someone I consider to be a good friend from the Reading Eagle, Rich Scarcella. Rich, happy holidays to you and that great family of yours. Hey, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, let's start with the Tommy Stevens part. He is not going to be a part of this bowl game. He's setting himself up for 2019. Uh, were you surprised when you heard uh, heard about the Stevens situation, and how do you view it? Yeah, I mean, I really didn't know. Um, you know, we knew that he, he wasn't himself most of the year, right. um, but we really didn't know that the injury was this significant. And, um, you know... I, I feel badly for him. Uh, in, it certainly clouds the quarterback situation uh, going into spring practice in 2019. Uh, but but yeah, it, 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 I think it um, it was clear that there was just something not right with Tommy Stevens this year. Which then brings us to the next part. That means Sean Clifford, who certainly had some playing time, and you know, obviously uh-huh. at the end of games, but certainly performed well. What does that tell you about the depth of Penn State's quarterback situation that a Tommy Stevens won't be there, but a Sean Clifford is? Well, it's certainly, you know, that's a luxury that Penn State has, is that, uh, you know, Trace McSorley in his final game will have somebody as talented as Sean Clifford uh, as his primary backup. And we've seen with Sean Clifford, Sean Clifford, excuse me, can do uh, in, in a limited amount of playing time, but still uh, I think he was very impressive in, in, in the games that he played and of course, you know, 5 for 5 for, what is it, 5 for 5, 195 yards yeah. is an incredible yeah. um, you know, statistics, but uh, yeah, I think that says a lot about Penn State's depth and, you know, they're going to have, uh, you know, they should have five uh, quarterbacks on scholarship when spring practice begins or actually when, you know, when 20, 
preseason camp begins in 2019. All right, so now let's get to this game coming up here. What are a couple of items, Rich, that you're looking for that you think are going to be important in this game? Well, I think it's let's start with the Penn State defense versus the Kentucky offense, and I think it's critical that that the Lions uh, make Kentucky one-dimensional. Uh, it looks like Kentucky doesn't throw the ball a lot, um, has one very good receiver, but obviously they, they, they like to run the football, establish the run, uh, do it from a variety of sets. And, and I think that plays well into Penn State's hands. I think they've done well against teams like that, like a Wisconsin, um, you know, and so on and so forth. But I think that uh, I think that's the one thing that Penn State has to do. And I also think the Penn State linebackers and the Penn State defensive backs have to tackle well in space against a team like Kentucky. Uh, offensively, I think it's obviously critical that uh, they block Josh Allen. I don't think there's any – that's not a secret. Uh, everybody knows that. And I think um, it's going to be important also to establish the run and keep him off balance and keep him from just pinning his ears back and rushing the quarterback. Yeah, the tapes I've watched, and I watched Louisville, to be honest with you, Rich, that was kind of a waste of time on my part. Uh-huh. Uh, Georgia, Texas A&M, a little bit of Tennessee. He looks like a six foot five safety playing outside linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't had an opportunity to see much of him, but the numbers are clearly impressive, and the fact that he's won multiple National Defensive Player of the Year awards says a lot. I mean, he you know he may or may not be the best defensive player in the country, but it shows you how much respect he has across the country that he's garnered those awards. When you talk to the Penn State players, uh, look, to me, anytime you play a game, there's always massive incentive. But there's going to be, obviously, Kentucky's trying to get 10 wins. This is a big statement game for them. When you've talked to the Penn State players, what's been your gauge as to how they feel about this game? Well, I mean, I, they've talked about it, I guess, from the time they, you know, middle of November, since they beat Wisconsin, that they have an opportunity to win 10 games for the third year in a row, which would be only the third time in school history and the first time since 1980, 81, and 82. That's certainly something to shoot for. And also, it would be their, probably, probably, their third consecutive finish in the top ten. That says a lot in what some people, myself included, consider a transition year. You know, if they go ten and three, finish in the top ten, and after replacing nine starters on defense, after replacing Saquon Barkley, Mike Jasicki, Deshaun Hamilton, that's pretty good. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, look, I think winning 10 games, three consecutive seasons with normal circumstances mm-hmm. is difficult to do. You and I both know what they were coming out of, which happened to be abnormal circumstances, and I think mm-hmm. that says even more to me if they can accomplish it. Yeah, for sure, Steve. I, I, I would I think that would be really impressive. And you know, we we debated we um other folks on the beat have debated, you know, whether this has been a successful year or a disappointing year or somewhere in between. It's probably right now it's fall somewhere in between. But the one thing I have I think I think Penn State fans 
in their mind, it's about what might have been. And go back to the Ohio State game and go back to the Michigan State game where Penn State had fourth quarter leads and had a chance to put both teams away. And and they, it's hard to get that out of their minds, it, it seems, because it happened at home and it happened back-to-back games. And, you know, but still, I think if you look at the big picture, a 10-3 and season would be extremely impressive. Yeah, I agree with you, Rich. I think it, it would be. Look, and I was one of those, let's face it, it when I went out speaking, I, I spoke positively about X, Y, and Z. So, I mean, mm-hmm. among those, they would say, well, you know, you know, he had positive expectations, and I did, because I, I thought they, they could. But mm-hmm. you, know, you had a more realistic viewpoint of where they were in this transition. Part of mine was having the starting quarterback back. You watch Trace McSorley. Yeah. He is now, let's see, what, four and a half weeks removed from actually being hit in a game. I talked to him two weeks ago, and he said, "You can't believe how much I, how much better I feel now compared to the, the end of the season." Well, what can that? What does it tell you about what he could yeah, do on Tuesday? You you brought up an excellent point. It's more than it's it's the end of October until now. It's the end of December. It's, it's eight weeks. Yeah, you know, it's it's like yeah, it's like I mean, he he now again, he showed a little bit of burst in that Maryland game, which was four and a half four weeks after um, being hurt, getting hurt against Iowa, I'm really interested to see him and how, what kind of acceleration he has, what kind of a player, a different player he might be. Uh, you know, will he be a running threat, a true running threat? That, that's all, I'm sure that's all, you know, Kentucky coaches are thinking about as well. And, you know, I'm really uh, interested to seeing that. And, and honestly, I mean, we're supposed to be um, – you know, unbiased, unbiased, excuse me, and impartial. And, but I do root for Trace to have a good game on Tuesday because uh, for what he's meant to this program and to this school, uh, I, I think it would only be appropriate that he go out uh, in, a, in very good fashion. Obviously, the opportunity has to present itself, but something that's been very important to Penn State in the last couple of years with Trace McSorley, a quarterback, is the ability to get those chunk plays, those 20, 30, 40-yard plays. Against Maryland, that happened again. Now, again, that's Maryland. I get it. But how important a factor can that be if Penn State can find that chunk play kind of magic like they did against Maryland in the last couple of years? Yeah. Well, I think that's what was missing for most of this season. I mean, really. I mean, I don't, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know there was a big drop-off in 20-yard-plus in plays, and I think a lot of it had to do with the passing game. Let's be honest. I mean, we, the passing game was not what it's been in tw- what it was in 2016 and 2017, and there are a lot of reasons for that, and you mentioned Trace's injury and the 34 drop passes and, you know, maybe some timing issues or what have you. But I think going forward, I think uh, on Tuesday there's a chance – uh, for Penn State to hit some big plays, you know, especially against a team that likes to pressure the quarterback. And if they leave some guys in single coverage, I, I think it's going to be imperative for Penn State receivers uh, to make some plays. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And uh, it's for the most part, they got that receiving core back mm-hmm. intact. Uh, except for obviously DeAndre Tompkins would be the only guy yeah. 
that would be out of it. And Jawan Johnson got back into the mix at the end, and I didn't think bit, that yeah. hurt their cause at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I mean, let's. Yeah. Jawan will be the first is the first person to admit that he hasn't had the kind of season that he right. expected to have. And I think, you know, I know there's there are some people out there who think that he is going that he's considering. Uh, coming out for the draft because of his physical skills and, and you know, his size, uh, I think it would be best served if he came back and and showed people really what he truly can do uh, next season. Uh, but I think, yeah, is he, is he an important piece uh, of the Penn State offense? No doubt about it. Which then brings up the point that you just brought up, Rich, and that's the draft. That's become, for every program that's in the Power Five, who might or might not go. For you, what kind of – now, The game, obviously the way the game plays out is obviously a priority to you. Uh, you Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why you you and I talk all the time, because you understand the importance of the game. But then how important is it going to be for all of you to then find out what decisions are made by certain players? Well, Miles Sanders, uh, Connor McGovern, Sharif Miller, I think they all told us on December 14th at Bull Media Day that they're going to make announce their decision after the game. So I would think that's going to be um, that's going to be very important after the game. I think at least from what they're telling us, and we just talked. We, I, I'm, in fact, in my car on my way back from practice today, um, Amani Orwari and John Reed. Well, John, we know Amani's coming out. He's a senior, and he know we know he's going to be drafted in the in the first couple rounds. You know, John Reed has a decision to make. Will he come out? Will he not come out? And but but the bottom line is, all these players, all the guys that I mentioned, all of them. Have put the team first, and put actually put the t- their teammates first. As Sharif Miller said, they're my brothers, and so that's why they're all playing. And you know, you can, it, I, I have stood by this. It's their decision. It's a personal decision, a family decision. Yes. But you have to respect guys who are playing in this game, who who may may or may not be jeopardizing, uh, you know, or an injury, risking an injury. And these guys have, and they're doing it because of how they feel about their teammates, just like Saquon Barkley did last year in the Fiesta Bowl. And you have to tip your cap to that, for sure. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. I think you and I both expect that at some point down the road it will happen, where a Penn State player will say, well, I'm going to get myself ready for the draft. It's just mm-hmm. human nature, and we have yep. to not be surprised by it you know, if and when it does happen. But what does it tell you about the program that James Franklin has and about Penn State that so far it hasn't happened? Yeah, I mean, I think what, what this group of players that we have covered the last three seasons, 16, 17, and 18, there's a special bond in that locker room. I can't explain it because I'm not there, but it's clear that these guys care about each other, and I think that's the bottom line. Why, if 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 they're coming out, if Miles Sanders is coming out, if Sharif Miller is coming out, if Connor McGovern is coming out, why they're playing in the game? Because they're doing it for their their teammates and the guys in the locker next to them, because of how much they care about them. Now, you know, I the chemistry in that locker room has been. 
terrific these last three seasons, as far as we can tell. And, you know, who gets credit for that? Well, I think a lot of it has to go to the kind of players that James Franklin and the staff are recruiting. I think that's a big part of it. Um, and also the guys, the players, they, they deserve credit for being tight-knit and close. So, uh, yeah, I think there's, a, there's no doubt about it that this, you know, this group, this, the last three years, has been very, very close. Rich, I know you have a lot of work to do. I know you're traveling back from practice. We appreciate your time very much. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday when I get down there. Steve, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Rich Scarcella, the outstanding writer from the Reading Eagle. Uh, maybe an outstanding writer, even better guy. We'll come back with more in a moment. Don't forget, picks in the final half hour. Yes, the Prince of Connecticut himself will join us. The most interesting man in Connecticut. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. And great to have you with us on the show today. Hope you had a great holiday. For those of you who celebrate Christmas, I hope it was awesome for you. Uh, If there's another holiday you celebrate, we hope that was great for you as well. And, of course, New Year's Day is coming up, and that means lots of football, including the Citrus Bowl between Penn State and Kentucky, which will be a 1 o'clock kickoff, and the airtime is set for 11.30 on Tuesday. My schedule is simple. Uh... You know, it's interesting. It's like, uh, I mean, I know I'm on group aircraft, obviously, but you know, we're I'm, you know, people hear my schedule and they go, oh, "Your schedule?" I said, "It's all charters." In other words, I'm only making four flights in the next week, and uh, and that's in, uh, and it makes life so much easier when you can do that. When fortunately for me, I have the ability to do that, but. I'll do the basketball game tomorrow at 1, where I'm beginning at 12.30. Okay, so tomorrow's basketball. Sunday is fly to Orlando. I'll try to get to practice if we can get there in time. Tuesday, I'll go to practice, you know, which will be a walkthrough. And then uh, we've got an event I have to be at at 6.30 on Monday night. Uh, Jack and I have to go along with Derek to the event. Tuesday's the game. At one, we're on eleven thirty. Then I've got a seven o'clock flight directly back into State College on Tuesday night after the game. Wednesday at two thirty, I then fly to Ann Arbor, and I've got a game there Thursday night at seven, and I fly back from Ann Arbor to State College late Thursday night and early Friday morning. So while it sounds complicated and long it is it's far from it it's it's all to be honest with you very easy travel it cannot be any easier i'm not there switching planes in airports things like that i mean they can't make it any easier on me to already do what's an incredibly fun job to begin with somebody says well that's a lot i'd rather be doing the games anyways <laughs> what the heck all right The king of the final half hour. 
Matt always enjoys his time with the king. Always. Did the suit show up for work today? Nope, I think he took the rest of the week off, but he should be on the air tonight with the Chief for Shikolami basketball. That's right. They've got that game coming up tonight at 7, I want to say. Yes, just after 7, and it is a uh, yeah, 7.06 airtime against yep. Central Columbia. Central Columbia tonight. Kevin and the Chief. We got Sean, the King, Matt and I making picks next half hour. I'm below the Mendoza line. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Deal with the best. Tom and his crew are outstanding. And, of course, today's show is brought to you by our great friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, is second to none. But they also have some great specials going on at Brewers Outlet between now and New Year's Eve. How about Miller Lite 30-pack cans, $17.95. Founders All-Day IPA 15-pack cans, $14.95. Seagram's Coolers 12-pack, $10.99. You've got the college football playoff coming up tomorrow. Plenty of NFL coming up on Sunday. You've got bowl games. You've got New Year's Eve. You've got the Citrus Bowl with Penn State and Kentucky. You need to be fully stocked, ready to go, all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Matt, it is time now to bring in the king described by one of our listeners, and I believe appropriately is the most interesting man in Connecticut. That cannot be true. Hey, did you hear about the Enfield Square? No, but I was talking with Kevin Freeman who is uh, Penn State's assistant basketball coach who played at UConn. He was on the yep. 99 UConn National Championship yep. team. Yep. You know what his first job was? What? Because he, he grew up, he lived at one point in the Springfield, up in Springfield. First job was working at Champs in the Enfield Square. We were talking about that. Really? That's cool. Small well, the Enfield Square just went up for auction because it's in uh, foreclosure. Yeah. They sold the whole place, parking lot, that includes Figaro's, the restaurants, Wendy's, yeah. for $10 million, the entire place. Wow. It was for it was purchased for $88 million. I know, some, I remember. Yeah, and some guy bought it for um, $10 bucks. You know what's so interesting about now that? now no one knows what they're going to do there. And then the other big mall around here, Buckland, was part of that uh, fight night thing across the country. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about it, but there were 200 people in a fight at the Buckland Mall here in Manchester, and then at the Post Mall down in Mar- and, uh, right outside of New Haven. All these fights were all at the same time. Oh, jeez. Like, it was all orchestrated, you know, online. And 
Yeah, they had to evacuate the mall. They had to evacuate Walmart, Target, because the fights moved from the mall to the stores. So things are going pretty well around here. So how are things going there? (laughs) Pretty calm, stoic, and stayed. We're... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> Kathy and I are going to go out to a restaurant tonight. I mean, that's you know. <laughs> a date night. Uh yeah, her birthday's tomorrow. Oh, great! Happy birthday! Yeah, she's fifty-nine. So. <laughs> she is today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Hey, I'm working on Big Six O, so here I we go. How's it been? How's how sixty been? Sixty's been yeah. fun and easy. Um, yeah, I, I you know me. I don't ever. I've never once thought about age. I never have. Yeah. I've always been like, yeah. So what? <laughs> what did you feel? Hey, since I was in the hospital, I dropped seventeen pounds, baby. Hey, that's awesome. Friggin' ripping. So that's awesome. I can now, see Matt, a, now, a one I like pack to point out that. Working. That's I'd like good. to point out. I'd like to point out that Matt can't afford to lose seventeen pounds. <laughs> Matt, Matt, you can't do that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Fortunately for where I am right now, but try to keep it that way too. <laughs> yeah, you can't, Matt. You lose seventeen pounds, we kind of lose you. <laughs> this is true. Wow. Yes. Where, where did Matt go? He lost seventeen pounds. We can't find him. <laughs> well, I'm going to catch him, Matt. I'm on my way. All right. So. So, yeah. Well, I got I think, really I lucky. Not lucky. I, I did a lot of work for this guy who owns like eight or nine gyms around the area here, and he stiffed me for a long time paying me. So, but then he finally paid up, and I asked him if he had any extra, you know, bikes because, um, you know, I wanted a gym quality bike. I didn't care what it was going to cost. And he said, yes, I do. And he said, meet me in Weathersfield. And I go there. And he freaking gave it to me. It's a beautiful Cybex bike. The thing weighs like 250 pounds. And so we set it up and right outside Studio 305. So hey, ride it every morning, every night, and it's working out good. So that's about it. That's what I got. That's awesome. So Yeah, I think, uh, what, in two and a half years... Because I got weighed two weeks ago at the doctor's office. I'm down 23 pounds. Wow. Good for you. You look yeah. great. So so what do you weigh? Like 150? No, 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 no. Me? No. Yeah. No. What do I well, weigh? You were never that big, so. I weigh 194. Right now? Yeah. You don't look 194. I mean, I'm only... Oh. I'm only... Seven pounds over what I weighed a junior in high school when I played football. Yeah, yeah. So not that bad. That Matt, Matt's looking at me like, and, and Matt's looking at me like, God, what a tank. <laughs> <laughs> ah, to each his own, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you and, weigh, Matt? Uh, I, I hover, I hover between like the mid one fifties. I don't have a set one. Depends See, on the day. Lo- like I said, if he loses 17 pounds, I think we lose him. Yeah, but that's a good weight. How tall yeah, are no. you? It's, it's, it's actually right at my weight. I'm 5'4". Oh, that's real good weight. Yeah, no, he is. No, Matt is in great shape. Yeah. I have my uh, wife to thank for that. Oh, no, it's great shape. Well, you know, your wife's special. She's great. Um, okay, so... Uh, 
the suit tonight is at Central Columbia with the chief, right? Is Central Columbia where they have the suits bowling banner? That I don't know. Sean would probably have the answer to that question, but I'm not sure. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Well, we'll get an answer on that because obviously I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm sure it's there. Uh, hey, okay, is it let's... too late to change some of our college picks? Well, I'd like to change. Did I? Did, you have the picks there. Tell me, I picked Auburn, please. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have individual picks. I just have no, records from what I, Sean gave me. And actually, Sudley's so eleven and six. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's the, check that. Fourteen well, and Kevin, six. I think Kevin's got the actual picks. Did, just tell me. Did oh, I pick Auburn? I got Auburn? the picks right in front of me here. Did so I pick Brian, Auburn? Man. Uh, I'd like to change my pick to Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> you pick Purdue. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only idiot who picked Purdue. I'm like, are oh. you kidding me? It was Wait, 14 to nothing in the first minute. Now it's, uh, let's say I got it, 63 to 14, Auburn. So It's ugly. Boy, you the Big give Ten looking good. Wisconsin looked incredible the other night. Miami well, didn't want to play. Yeah, no. This is the, In fact, this is the first Big Ten loss, Kev. Yeah, I know. Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota won big, so it's yeah. the first one. But uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> geez. okay. So you're telling me I picked Auburn, so I feel better. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had a tough weekend last weekend, you. Oh, I was awful. <laughs> I, was, I, mean, I, I was so far. I was so far under the Mendoza line. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I actually felt bad for you. <laughs> oh no. Oh, that doesn't no, happen well, that, often. No, that doesn't <laughs> like, happen wow. ever. That doesn't happen ever. <laughs> so you made a comeback, but I'm falling on my face now. Cripe. Oh, well. Okay, so with the other games the tonight, let's see. Took Baylor, and yeah. we all took uh, Vanderbilt. So. Oh, man, I, you know what was weird about that? I'm watching the game last night, and I'm rooting like heck for Baylor, because I know Matt. You know, and Jeff, and Jeff Nixon, the offensive coordinator, played at State High as well. Yeah. All right. So it's like uh, Matt, you know, you know Matt grew up here, Matt Rule. I don't know who he is, but he's the head coach of Baylor. Oh, okay. So he was at Temple before he went to Baylor and brought Temple right. to the way it is now. Before I saw him well, on the sideline, I've seen yeah, him before. Yeah, he played. He played football here at Penn State, but he grew up in State College. He's State High grad. Really? Yeah. So that's why. That's why I can't he believe knows I picked how to Vanderbilt. Work the referees, that's for sure. So. I'll tell you right now, I, I can't believe I picked Vanderbilt because I would have just picked Matt to pick Matt for pick with Matt. <laughs> that's I think personal. Oh, yeah, Vanderbilt scored quickly. Yeah, oh, I know they did. I mean, they yeah. only had the ball like three or four minutes in the first half, but they okay, scored so, twenty-one points, and their so defense was on the field all the time. West Virginia, Syracuse. Who did I pick? I picked Syracuse, right? Uh, yes, you did. Okay. So, and then and then tonight's game is what's the, the nine o'clock took game? West tonight? Virginia. If the suit wins that one, West Virginia wins. We'll never catch him. He's going to win it again. So, wow. Yeah, because he took Baylor. So it was close up to that point, but he took Baylor. So, okay. but. You've got a signature. I don't have a signature win. You've got one. You took Minnesota. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Yeah, you took Minnesota, and everybody else yeah. took Georgia Tech. Right. Uh, yeah, there Sean were several got his times. Kick there, last night. He look, took Miami. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's that, that hurt. Yeah. 
See, we all got. I mean, I'm just getting my butt kicked now. So, and the suit's just kind of cruising along. We all took Syracuse, and he took West Virginia. If he gets that, game I'd like over. To, I'd like to point out that that is the first time the suit has ever been accused of cruising along. All right, so uh, Matt, <laughs> yes. what do we have? What do we have for picks? Because you have Sean's picks. I do. Yes. Yeah. So last week, King led the way, four and one. Steve and Sean, three and two. So after 17 weeks, it's Sean at 70 and 24, Steve at 60 and 34, and the King at 54 and 40. King was 19 and 19 through the first seven weeks. Since then, 35 and 21. So King's looking up. So we have all NFL for these these picks for this week. So we're going to start with a big one, of course, for a Steeler for the Steeler fans in, in this area. The Ravens hosting the Browns, and of course, if the Ravens win, they get the AFC North. We'll start with Steve. Ooh, I get to go first. Uh, let's see. Uh, obviously, the Ravens are playing great. It's an easy pick to make to pick them, but I'm going to pick Cleveland. Ooh, I like it. It's safe. It's a good pick. They're playing good too. Baker Mayfield has to have a big game, which he did last time. So I guess we, I, I, I could, we'll see what happens well, there. I'm trying to think. Jarvis Landry, they had to explain to him in a press conference the significance of Cleveland and Baltimore. He goes, oh, really? <laughs> like, oh, what the heck? Oh, geez. Kevin, what say you? Uh, I just, the Ravens defense, I think, will step it up. And it's at home. And uh, Lamar Jackson is getting better each week. Uh, he is. Yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens in this one, but it's going to be a really good football game. I, I think the, the people are starting to watch some video on Baker, and it's going to start catching up with him a little bit, but he will respond. The kid's a great quarterback, great competitor, but I think the Ravens will win this one. I think the same for Lamar Jackson. I have the Ravens, though, too. I just love that defense. I think Baltimore's got a chance to make a very deep playoff run, which, of course, would end the Steelers' hopes of most likely getting into the playoffs as we'll go to that game next. They host the Bengals at 425. Steelers still have a shot for the wild card, but it's about as crazy as it gets. They need to win, and then the Colts-Titans game, which we'll pick last, has to end in a tie for the Steelers to get in. So we'll go back to Kevin. What's your pick here? Yeah, I got the Steelers. Steelers have to win. The Steelers are under underwhelmed this year. I think they've got decisions to make, but I got the Steelers. I mean, the Bengals, I think they quit on the year. And also, too, Antonio Brown is now officially questionable with that knee injury. He sat out practice yesterday. It was, it was just for rest, and then this knee injury popped up, so he got sent home, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Steve, what's your pick? Steelers, uh, they'll know what they have to do or whether there are any real stakes when the game starts. I'll pick Pittsburgh. I have Pittsburgh as well. Now we go to the other side of the state, the Eagles at the Redskins. Of course, we all know the scenario that's been talked about all week. If the Eagles win and the Vikings lose to the Bears, which are going to pick that game next, then the Eagles are in. If the Vikings win or the Eagles lose, the Vikings are in as a sixth seed in the NFC. Do they get it done, Steve? What time of the games? Uh, actually, Eagles all game. these games are at 425. The Ravens game, the Steelers game, Eagles, oh, Bears, okay. they're all these are all 425 except Colts, Titans is a Sunday night game this week because that's basically a play-in. Right. I'll take uh, Philadelphia to beat Washington. I agree. I'm taking the Eagles, too. Kev? Yeah, I got the Eagles. I think the Folk thing is really something. Nick Folk. So, I think I think it would be fascinating if the Eagles got in. 
So <laughs> yeah, it would be. It's it's well, created a no lot of clear quarterback controversy already it in the Eagles. Who, who's out there? The, everybody's vulnerable, and it's a one game. You know, it's not baseball. You know, a seven game series. You have a good right. day, you advance. So yeah. the Eagles could still do it. So. Yeah, I think they're definitely a dangerous team if they were to get in for sure. And also, Sean's picks, we have the Browns, Steelers, and Eagles so far, just to catch up on Sean's picks. Oh, Sean's the Browns. He does, yeah. So he actually has the Steelers yeah. in, and he has uh, the Eagles winning, but we'll reveal his pick in a second. He actually has the Vikings winning, so he has the Eagles out, as he has the Vikings being the Bears. So, Kevin, let's go back to you. Who do you like in that one? Yeah, I got the Vikings at home. Steve? If this were... Uh, November, I picked the Bears. But because the Bears are safe and secure and the Vikings need it, I'll pick Minnesota. Well, they still have a first-round bye to play for, and I think, I know a lot of people have written this game off already, but I think the 49ers are going to be ready to play and keep it close with the Rams so the, so the Bears will have to play their starters, and I like what Matt Nagy had to say this week. Call it wishful thinking on my part from the Eagles' perspective, but I think the Bears are going to win. And I think the Eagles will win, of course, as I said before. So I think the Eagles get in. Vikings out. Okay. And and uh, Sean, I said, has the uh, the Vikings. So then finally, we have Sunday Night Football. Colts at the Titans. Winner is in. And he gets that sixth spot in the AFC right now. The Colts had the leg up. And if uh, the Texans were to lose to the Jaguars, then the winner would also get the AFC South. So this could be a lot of big implications on the line, depending on what happens with the Texans. So let's start with Steve on this one. Ay, ay, ay. Um, obviously, Indianapolis is the better quarterback. I love the job Frank Reich has done. I'll go home team. I'll take Tennessee, though. I think Mariota's going to play. And if Mariota plays, that makes a big difference. What say you, Kev? I, I love the Titans running game. I, that Henry is just in, well, the best back in the league, really. Um, but. I love Andrew Luck's year, and I, I think Luck is its a big deal for him to get into the playoffs, so I'm going to take the Colts. I love the Colts in this game. The way they've been playing the last couple of weeks, I know they didn't look great against the Giants. They almost let that one slip away, but Frank Reich, to me, is the coach of the year. Mm-hmm. I think he's the better coach. Andrew Luck, better quarterback. And I love, love the Colts' defense, especially Marcus Hunt. He's had a tremendous year, especially against the run. I think he makes a big difference in slowing down the Titans' run game. And I like the Colts to get the win on the road and get into the playoffs under Frank Reich's first year. That'd be awesome. Well, my, <laughs> my, my oldest grandson's favorite team. I can't figure – none of us can figure out he loves the Titans. Oh, my. Who does Sean pick? And Sean has the Colts as well. Okay, so I'm the lone wolf here. Yes, Steve's on the island when it comes to picking the t- the Titans. I'm on the it's island a with a lot pick. of things These right now. These are all good games. Uh, the only one that's a pretty much easy game, would, I think, is a Pittsburgh game. But uh, I mean, to be honest game, with you, the, but, but this but this tells you about the NFL. There's no other sport that could flex Tennessee and Indianapolis to prime time that's and feel true. like it's going to get viewership. I mean, the NBA can't do that. Oh, you know what? We're going to flex Utah against Miami. People are like, yeah. what the heck? What the heck? Are you? Who cares? I mean, all these other ones need to have some sort of star power to do it. The NFL is the only one that, that can actually shift a Tennessee, a Nashville, Indianapolis game to primetime and know it's going to get great ratings. And that's why yep. the NFL is and will always be king. 
Yeah, as no, long as they stand no, for the national no, anthem. No. The public no. let them know last year, don't mess around. You know, you how I mean, their ratings fell off the charts last year. This year they stand, they put their hand on their heart, and people came back. They got the message. So, and Matt, that bigger than the rest Matt, of the world. That's, Matt, to me, the only problem with the NFL was they feel entitled. So, well, yeah, they learned last year that they're not. So, good for them. They responded in a positive way. So, Matt, there's only one king. Well, that's just true. Yes. Okay. Well, in, in terms of the TV world, let's just well, let's classify that. If Kevin were on TV, he'd be the king of that too. <laughs> hey, I I know you got to go. I heard the Tom Brady press conference today. You can't make this up. I don't know how some of these reporters have a job. Woman reporter, she says, Tom, is it an advantage? Playing at home at Gillette Stadium. Did you even write it down? I mean, <laughs> he kind of paused for a minute. What, what kind of question? I, I was like, wow, that was my wow moment of the week. I'm like, wow, <laughs> what do you think? You know? Uh, Holy cow. Whatever. What if he said no? <laughs> Uh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. You've, you've, you can't make this stuff up. No. Happy New Year's, guys. Happy New Year, Happy Kev. New Year. Happy All New right. Year, guys. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow from the Jordan Center and Tuesday from Orlando.